on the Nostalgia Critic Guy. Remember it so you don't have to. And welcome to another installment of What You Never Knew. This is where we take a look at all the little touches, not behind the scenes, but right in front of us. And today, we're gonna take a look at the Gremlins movies. The first one may be a classic send-up to traditional monster films, and the second one a straight-up satire of its own product, but what have you missed about them? With so many creatures of so much variety in so many scenes, it's easy to overlook some of the hidden gems that were always in plain sight to see. They're clever, they're subtle, and they're all over the place. Let's not waste any time, let's jump right into it with the Gremlins movies! Most of the people know the bigger names in these movies, but the slipped-in cameos are far too many to count. Aw, oh, hell, let's try anyway. There's Steven Spielberg, the movie's producer. The movie's composer, Jerry Goldsmith, makes an appearance in both the first and second film. Though you didn't know it yet, you would later see these twins in Terminator 2. Billy's boss would eventually go on to be Corbin Dallas's mother. A brochure for the Clamp Cable Archery Town. Corbin, sweetheart, you got broken fingers, you can't punch my number? There's Dick Buckkiss at the salad bar. John Aston of Adam's Family fame as the janitor. And we clearly see Billy showing his cartoon to one of the greatest Looney Tunes animators of all time, Chuck Jones. In fact, they're even playing one of his cartoons in the background. This is fitting seeing how the film's director, Joe Dante, will go on later to direct a Looney Tunes film. Thankfully, not this one. As such, it makes sense that the director would give himself a cameo doing exactly that, directing. Let's just hope he's not thinking about playing Brendan Fraser in anything else. We all remember Kate's out-of-nowhere monologue about Santa and why she hates Christmas. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. But while that one was played up for drama, we think, the sequel plays it for last. Something terrible happened to me when you were on Lincoln's birthday. I was six or seven. This man with his Any, beard um, and a hat looked just like Abe Lincoln. Apparently in this one it has so little to do with anything that they don't even let her finish. And apparently it was so funny that the actor playing Billy actually starts to crack before leaving the frame. But let's be honest, who can blame him? I remember, oh god, he said, hello, little girl. I keep one of these here and run some tests on him. What the hell kind of high school teacher is this? He performs all these experiments himself, he doesn't keep food away, which he knows he's supposed to do. He doesn't turn on the light when hunting this thing, even though he knows that'll protect him. And he didn't hand this thing over to a more professional researcher or an animal control person or friggin' anybody that'd be more qualified. Hell, that jerk-off probably deserves that lethal injection. In fact, why the fuck does he have a lethal injection? Doesn't this guy just teach fifth grade biology? You know what? Fuck it. I don't want to know how he got those things. This guy's bizarre enough already. Don't be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. A lot of people know that Howie Mandel did the voice of Gizmo, but did you also know that Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron, did Stripe and Mohawk? Or that Michael Winslow, who did the Police Academy sound effects, was the other half of the Gremlins? Funny seeing how Bubba Smith had a cameo, too. How about Tony Randall from The Odd Couple being the voice of the sophisticated Gremlin? Talk a little bit about what's going on in this room, because I think there are some fascinating ramifications here for the future. A lot of work went into making these many distinct voices, but ironically, Howie Mandel found his one voice for Gizmo got him not one, not two, but three jobs from it. Hey, when you got it, flaunt it. <laughs> Pull the string! Pull the string! 
A lot of people wonder what the reference is with the movie theater showing a boy's life in Watch the Skies, as neither of those were actual movies at the time. Well, both of these names were the working titles for another Steven Spielberg project he was working on. You might know it a little better as... E.T. But don't worry, just because they didn't get the title right yet doesn't mean they couldn't get in some early marketing. Many of us know in the theatrical and DVD version of Gremlins 2, the movie is stopped for a moment and taken over by our little monsters in the projector room. However, for the VHS version, the Gremlins take over your television set. And rather than putting on another film reel like they did in the original, they start changing the channels and invading other movies. Get the hell off my spread. As clever as this is, let's face it, a bad John Wayne impression is nothing compared to the Hulkster telling them to get back to the story. Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? You tell him, Hulk! Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. The movies make it clear that water allows the Mogwais to multiply, and yet they can consume tons of bottles of beer okay and dig through the snow without any problem. Is this the same kind of reasoning that didn't fry Gizmo when he was clearly walking out during the day? Who knows, I'm still trying to figure out that after midnight argument with these guys. What if one of them eats something at 11 o'clock, but then he gets something stuck in his teeth? Now he didn't eat that after midnight. Billy's boss is so used to having people do things for her that she even has somebody take care of her breath with mouse spray. I guess that's better than having your breath smell like chocolate mousse. How about some horn? Does Gizmo drive a toy car? Yeah, it's cute and everything, but does it have a little gas and brake pedal? Is there really a forward and reverse setting in his seat? Does it take gas? Is it unleaded? I'm sorry, this really bothers me. It's just... it bothers me. Vectroscope Lab is also the name of the lab from Inner Space, another Joe Dante film. On top of that, the late night movie that's being previewed in the film is called Octoman, which was the first film that Gremlins 2 effects man Rick Baker worked on. Yeah, he's come a bit of a way since then. Well, I would call these some pretty goddamn major bugs, wouldn't you? When the gremlins send the dog napper out the window, you ever notice this picture almost looks like he's watching her fly out with delight? I would as well to see this bitch get her comeuppance. She's so mean and cruel, she makes grown men do this. Oh. <laughs> Why do I love that so much? Oh. How come the cops never help Santa? I mean, I know they're bad cops and all, but good god, couldn't you do a little bit of your job? Now, nah, well, I guess they get their desserts when you see him crash into an insurance building. No, that's good irony. After Kate gets Billy out of jail, he tries to repay her by stealing flowers from one of the mimes. It doesn't seem to work. By the way, what are they arresting them for anyway? Again, that just really bothers me. I think whoever owned this film projector really wanted Joe Dante to notice them. See? While originally the Clamp TV network was supposed to be a satire of dumbed-down, oversaturated media, a lot of the channels they created really do exist now. There is a cooking channel, there is a horror channel, there's even a home and safety channel. At the time they were mocking this idea, I guess some greedy bastards took a look at it and said, why not? Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized. The car outside the gas station is an AMC Gremlin. And the number one thing you never knew about Gremlins is... All the sci-fi references. 
Being a fan of classic sci-fi films, Joe Dante put in a lot of references to other famous monster flicks. Like that's the robot from Forbidden Planet. Christopher Lee is seen holding a pod from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And at the convention, we see H.D. Wells' classic design for the time machine in the background. Now that's not funny enough, we see it spontaneously vanish in the very next shot, and all the people are looking around trying to figure out what happened to it. That is fucking hilarious. Maybe he's off to tell Guy Pierce not to do the remake. Whatever reason, these little details are what makes Gremlins, and Gremlins 2, tons of fun to watch over and over again. Are there any more that you noticed? Are there any other little touches worth talking about? Well, leave them in the comments below and keep talking about a movie that's definitely worth talking about. I'm the Nostalgia Critic, I remember it so you don't have to.